Welcome to the APC Podcast here. Alex Patakis, Ben Foldy, and Zach Rapport here with you, fresh off a 22 to nothing victory for the Green Bay Packers over the lowly Buffalo Bills. We're coming to you from the Craig Newmark School of Journalism here in New York City. Once again, that's why we all sound nice and clear and wonderful. How are you guys doing? You got off a plane. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm not, uh, all things considered. I, uh, I took a lot of different things to try to make me sleep on this flight. Didn't work. So I got about <laughs> an hour of sleep. Uh, when I was woken up by like the worst turbulence I've ever experienced with like old women yelling and everything. So oh, today was like a, a hectic day. Dios mio. Yeah. Can you uh, elaborate on the things that you took? A lot of different things. Uh, some combination. So <laughs> I don't know. I was told that it wasn't a stranger. It was someone I was traveling with that used to live in Thailand. I don't know the name of the medicine. But it's some type of like Thai sleeping pill that is not so much to make you fall asleep, but when you do fall asleep, to keep you sleeping. That's I don't know what the hell that means. Sounds bizarre. It sounds really bizarre. Some Benadryl, some gin, you know, <laughs> the usual things that, that you consume at an airport when you're taking off at like 1.30 a.m. Eastern. You're coming to us now live, fresh off a cocktail of gin and weird sleeping pills from another country. Yeah, exactly. Dial it up. But I'm excited to talk about the Packers uh, because especially I think it's a weird situation to be in when you shut out a team. I know that that team is pretty much thought to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, though they did smack the Vikings. So I guess the transitive property in the NFL this year just doesn't work at all because the league makes no sense right now. But it's weird to come in with like such a negative spin on it because like the number one thing that I was reading when I was gone was all this quotes from Aaron Rodgers about, about a unacceptable performance from them, a non-playoff level performance from them. So we're going to get into that, but why don't we start first and maybe we'll, you know, some of this will have to do with what pissed Rodgers off with our note nugs from the, from the game. Zach, what's your notable nugget from the Packers win on Sunday? I don't like to be play calling guy. I just try to stray away from that. This is like the third time this year that you've said it's you've true. Said that. It's like, true. I'm never play calling guy. But all right, look, all right, look. The the fire Mike McCarthy bandwagon. You know, it, it rolls by, and I usually just like wave, and I'm like, look, look at those crazy people on that bandwagon. And this year, I'm like a little bit closer. I'm kind of like, eh, maybe when it pulls up to the stop, I'll kind of like take a look, see see who else is on there. Uh, so so yeah, so I do I do dabble, but. All right, it's third down. It's third down, and let's say... In general, or is this the specific third down? Let's say it's third down and 16. I think it was third and 11, wasn't it? Yeah. On the first series? The third draw. and long. Yeah, it was like 10 or 11. I there were a number of instances, and it's, of course, not the first game where this has happened. You're, at, you're, you're midfield-ish. It's third and long, and you, and, you, and you run a play that is designed to get, like, two and a half yards maximum. Maximum. For what reason? To like maybe get into field goal range in a game where that doesn't really make a difference? Said this, uh, Ben and I watched the game together. I said this, I remember saying it at the time. Why don't you just take a shot at that point? Again, not play calling guy, but play calling guy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I mean, I, to me, that's a play call that the team you were playing on Sunday makes. Like if you have Josh Allen and a talentless receiving group, you have the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Like, that's you don't make that call. Pat Mahomes? Just kidding. Well, all right. Yes. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we we think for now Aaron Rodgers is better than than Pat Mahomes. Although, damn, man. That guy it's like I'm like almost more into watching the Chiefs than anything else this year in sports. Oh, you mean Showtime? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Showtime Mahomes. But um, that feels like a play call you make when you have Josh Allen and Kelvin Benjamin, not uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. So I agree. I think that that was pretty BS. It happens enough that you can remark on it as a trend. I'm not actually sure what the breakdown would be, like how often they make those kinds of plays per game, per season. But the the instances where it stands out are so notable to me that right. I can feel like I'm like, this is something that I've yelled arg Mike McCarthy about like in the past. And I don't even remember the last time it happened off the top of my head, but it is something that comes up. There's talk of sort of the the new wave of NFL thinking you're, you're Sean McVay's and, and McCarthy is someone who frequently gets lumped into the category of the sort of football dinosaurs. And again, always with the caveat of, I don't know as much about football as these people do. It just seems like that is a old conservative way of thinking and I just didn't understand it. How many other quarterbacks, uh, other than Aaron Rodgers, on third and 11 or third and 16, would you kind of be expecting to get the first down? One of the stats that they showed early in the game was that the Packers have the longest average third down distance oh, yeah, of any like team 9. in the league. It's like 9.9 yards 11, at No, the it's like 11. No, it's 9.9. It it's like exactly 10 yards. Part of that issue is going to be like at least some of the relation is going to be what are you what are you doing with first and second down and and how are you kind of you know third down isn't a vacuum right like it's set up by whatever happens leading up to it and and the real question i i i don't know what the holistic analysis is um i think if you're if you're calling a draw on third and 10 obviously things have already not gone according to plan for two plays right. um alex to to your earlier point about you know which how many quarterbacks would you trust to get the first down there? I'm not even saying you need to get the first down. I'm saying you take a shot to the end zone. Right, right. Because, because why not? Why would you take a shot to the end zone and not 10 yards down the field? If you, if you are content at that point to punt, that's what I mean. If you are right. content to punt, why not just take a shot at the end zone? Yeah. I don't know about taking a shot at the end zone, but I would, I would maybe try a pass play with a guy who never throws interceptions. I mean, I think any notion of kind of ball security, like, oh, you can't throw because they're expecting to throw. It's not like Rodgers doesn't throw bad he doesn't make a bad decision like he's totally content to throw it away if there's nothing there on third and long which makes it all the more frustrating why not just trust him in that spot and i also think there is can i just sorry no this is like a this will probably just be my note nug and then we'll just move on but in terms of what you were saying and like why are they facing so many third and longs i could be wrong because again i'm like i I watch the condensed version i'm kind of out of it whatever and i understand jimmy graham had a touchdown on a pick play, which is something that I wish the Packers did more that every team in the league does when they're in the red zone, even though they have a really good red zone percentage because of their quarterback. But is Jimmy Graham just beat? Like, sometimes it feels like that Jimmy Graham is just filling the same exact role that, like, Richard Rodgers held. And that, like, we, it's, it's, we, didn't, we don't even acknowledge the fact that, like, we upgraded so much at tight end. And that doesn't mean you should just continue to run the same plays that you ran with Richard Rodgers, but instead you should design for Jimmy Graham. Like, yeah. I, I, if I see Jimmy Graham catch the ball, like, at the line of scrimmage on, like, a one-step fucking out route again and then, like, turn his shoulder and get one more yard and get pushed out of bounds, it's going to, like, it, that shit drives me insane, man. It's also I hard used to for me. laugh every time they did that with Richard Rodgers, and yeah. now they're doing it with a guy who's way more talented than him. And it's hard, it's hard for me when you talk about the tight ends, and, I, and I've talked about this in the past few weeks, but it's hard for me not to think about Lance Kendricks and how he is still on the team getting reps ahead of guys like Mercedes Lewis. It, it just doesn't Wait, make guys like 
Are you sure you don't want to say a different? Yeah, guy's I think there's name another then? guy that was yeah. that's that's on the tip of your tongue. Who there. are you pushing for? All right, Big Bob Tanya. Yeah, own the Big Bob. No, I and that was gonna be my note nug too, which is just like I the. Oh, it's multiple nice note nugs. Groovy and vacation, you're just grabbing all the nugs. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Feeling your oats over um, here. No, well, like off the Lance Kendricks things, because it, it reminded me of what I wanted to discuss is like, look, it's not a bad thing to have three running backs that I think are pretty good, right? Wait, are you are you are you uh trampling on my note nug over here? That I thought is that your note No, I mean it's okay. Go on. No, no, go. No, go go back. No, you No, I I, I got plenty of nugs. Pre-show meeting, shot to shit. Yeah, pre-show meeting is shot to shit. I actually forgot who was supposed to talk about this. It's all good. You go. No. Yeah. I don't want to. No. I'm just all I'll say, I won't even talk about it with the running backs, with Lance Kendricks always being on the field with like no like rhythm in terms of who's actually in the backfield. Um, it just feels like like a youth team where it's like everybody's gonna play and we're gonna like figure it out instead of like, oh, ride the hot hand this guy should play. I mean, I'll defend Lance Kendricks a bit in that I think he's actually been used fairly well as a as a run blocker and as an H-back. But isn't that what Mercedes Lewis is really good at? I mean, at? That's, that is a shock to me that, that Mercedes Lewis isn't getting more of those reps, and I don't know, you know which Packers beat writer is going to ask that question, like, where's Mercedes Lewis and all this? But no, I mean, so... If we're... Are, are, we'll just transition to talking about the running backs yeah. next, right? Like, that's where we're... We're all heading there. And I think a lot of what Aaron Rodgers is complaining about is, or not, I don't know if he's, you know, whatever. Like, I think everybody involved in the Packers came away from that game saying that Aaron Jones should get the ball, right? Yeah. He's their best running back. And I don't think anybody didn't know that going in, right? Like, and that's not even to say that Jamal Williams is bad. Like, Jamal Williams is a great pass-blocking running back. He's a, you know, fine between-the-tackles runner. He can catch better than a lot of running backs in the NFL. Um, Ty Montgomery, you know, wasn't that effective as a between the tackles runner, but you know, when he was on the field, he did, he had that one huge reception. I think it was a 30 yarder. The one thing I will say in the, in the, you know, more Aaron Jones camp is that the more Aaron Jones you have, the less third and 10 you have. Like if you're wasting those, those that you're running downs on Jamal Williams, picking up two yards, you know, and, and your offensive line catching a hold on it, because that seems to be happening a lot too. Yeah. Aaron Jones averaging 6.3 yards per carry. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Aaron Jones is going to be an integral part of this offense moving forward. I don't think that's really at, at question. And I'm not actually so certain about why Rodgers was upset about that part of it. You know what's funny? As we were talking about this, did you guys see that Mike Leach quote after Washington State won with zero yards rushing? Like they had a, they, they oh, beat. Oh, the 50%? Yeah, like where he basically went on like this three minute rant, just like just tearing down the notion of like balance and offense, like fifty mm percent -hmm. rush and fifty percent pass yeah, yeah. or whatever. And he said that's fifty percent stupid. Like I was starting to think about that because I feel like Jamal Williams like exists sometimes, like just to keep the balance. Like mm -hmm. like there is like a certain number of carries that Mike McCarthy wants to hit. Yeah, and that is just like that's an that's not the way football is anymore. So like I don't mind if Aaron Jones only gets ten or twelve carries. But when he's obviously probably your best option as a receiver, maybe not as a blocker, and as a runner, though, so that checks a lot of boxes, yeah. right? As a guy with the ball in his hands. Like, I just want him on the field a little bit more. And I don't want to be force-fed Ty Montgomery and Jamal Williams if Aaron Jones is, like, getting into a rhythm, which is another word we're going to talk about a lot because there was no rhythm, which is what pissed Aaron Rodgers off. I no do, I, one thing I'd like to see is a little more creativity in the personnel, like what plays you're running with what personnel on the field. Like right. if Aaron Jones is on the field, it shouldn't necessarily be a run because 
Right. Be- because the other team thinks that you don't think that Aaron Jones can pass block as well as Jamal Williams. Like, I would like to see a little trickery. It's he not, had a, it's he not had asking a, he for had a, a lot. good block or two in the game. No, yeah, he had, he had a couple. But, I mean, like, I think the Packers are fairly transparent that it's like if Jamal Williams is in, they're throwing. Or, that it's, you know, it's going to be a run between the tackles. If, uh, you know, if Aaron Jones is in, it's, it's probably a run. Ty Montgomery can motion out. But, yeah, I, I would like to see, you know, there's such a trend in the NFL towards kind of gadgetry yeah. to the point that I don't think you can even call it gadgetry anymore. It's just NFL offenses have lots and lots of wrinkles now. Yeah. And the Packers haven't quite gotten on board with that yet. And they could probably even still beat teams. Well, they already they did beat teams like the Bills uh, without wrinkles, but they can probably still be productive more more than they were without those wrinkles just by like, I mean, like, force-feeding Devontae Adams the ball. But again, maybe you find some creative ways to do it, but I don't even think you need to. Like That that seemed to me like what Rodgers was most upset about was the targets for Adams. And I thought that that was a fun back and forth because they're like, well, you're throwing the ball. Is there a reason why maybe you... <laughs> or looking <laughs> off him? Yeah, like, you know, and, and, and he's basically saying whatever, like... You know, I don't I don't know like how this works. Like you go through your progressions, blah, 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 whatever. But Devontae Adams isn't the number one option on as many plays as he's supposed to be. And that's also frustrating because it's like just as obvious as it is that Aaron Aaron Jones is probably the best out of the three running backs with the ball in his hands. Devontae Adams is clearly the best receiving target that exists on this team. And he should be getting like those volumes of of targets that, you know, the great ones get. And to hear Aaron Rodgers tell it, he was basically uncoverable in this game. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, but then throw him the ball. I, like you, you have the ball in your hands, yeah, dude. I don't like. I'm not. I guess I really am just lost on what he was so pissed about. Yeah, I mean, like, it, like, look, was that my favorite Packers game in history? No, it was boring. Like by really and large, was. it was like yeah. not an enjoyable game to watch. But I don't totally like. Yes, the the defense was much better than the offense. You know, the offense didn't look like they were running ramshod over, you know, every, you know, every time they were on the field. So what? I mean, they looked better than they did against Washington. I don't know. Like, it does seem like the parts, the parts are there. Like, I'm not worried about this team. No, I don't, I don't want to sound worried. And I I just like, why does this always come up? It's interesting. It's interesting that, that I guess in, in a weird way, this is like something more about Rodgers. Whereas if, you know, I guarantee you, if they would have lost that game, after the, the 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 Washington game, you know, Rodgers would be out here saying R E L E A X, right? Like, yeah, no, like that would true. be. He'd be like, "Look, we tied Minnesota. We came back against Chicago. Um, you know, don't freak out." Yeah, like, and so I I'm sure that whatever Rodgers is like getting at is in some way designed to motivate the team based on whatever the situation is. And the yeah. situation is right now is that he probably doesn't want him to get complacent, which is. You know, yeah. a real issue with the Buffalo Bills when as the as the, as the Vikings showed. Um, victory, yeah. Should we just talk about the defense for a little bit though? They did pitch a shutout, and yeah, I mean, for shutouts in against, 2010, and yeah. all our fans are are, are complaining. <laughs> yeah, and it's and true. I just love. It's true. So I'll you know I I'm a Cam Newton guy, mm-hmm. so I automatically just like came into this year not wanting Kelvin Benjamin to like have fun being in Buffalo, like just the way that he exited. You you took sides in a Cam Newton, Calvin Benjamin spat? Oh, of course. That's I'm, so I'm, strange. I, it is weird. Um, anyway. Why? I, lo- I love that it felt like Jair Alexander was just bullying Kelvin Benjamin all day. Yeah. A six foot six, Calvin like Benjamin had a seventy pound very receiver. bad day. Yeah, it was awesome. Including like a traumatic brain injury. Well, yeah. 
before the traumatic brain injury. Wow. The way to kill yeah. kill the vibe in the room. I, I, mean, I was like, trying to talk more about Jair Alexander. And I mean, how but I look like, at look at how, how uh, the league changed that Tremont Williams, the first thing he does is like, you know, check if if like the NFL is actually like slowly moving away from, you know, raucous cheering for traumatic brain injuries. But Alex, back to your point, the secondary Jair looking, Alexander. Looking pretty good right now. Yeah. Oh, you know who I actually thought had a better game was Josh Jackson. Yeah. I thought Josh Jackson had an incredible game. And, yeah, I think the secondary looks great. They kind of have all week. I guess we don't need to spend that much time because I feel like each week we've been like, yeah, yeah, the young guys look really good. It's also the Bills, but should we continue to credit Mike Pettin's ability to generate some type of pressure with very little guys who are skilled at doing so? When Kyler Fackrell gets credited for three sacks, I say yes. Although one of them, I don't know if you, I described this to you, Alex, because you hadn't seen the game yet. uh, Yes. But essentially, he gets tossed yet again like a ragdoll by a lineman. And because I think it was Kenny Clark had kind of... He had, flushes the pocket and then... And uh, tripped up Allen a little bit, who then kind of fumbles over his own feet. And Kyle, Kyle, Kyler Fackrell happens to be in in the area adjacent to I think basically he, a guy he, falling down. He tripped over the blocker that was in the process of manhandling Fackrell. But, <laughs> yes, that is, that is accurate. But the other two sacks were good. And those were a, a credit to scheme, and I think that we saw a lot of uh, Morrison. New... Morrison had a great uh, schemed look yes, too, he did. where he nailed the uh, big guy, Josh Allen, big guy. And these are new wrinkles from from Petten's scheme but to, be to fair, try to generate rushers. To be, I mean, like yes, I think it was a good demonstration of of like general effectiveness. But I mean, they had so little to worry about downfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I do want to lift the defense up, but I also it cannot be overstated how bad Buffalo's offense played, and Josh Allen in particular. Yeah, Josh Just, Allen is bad. Yeah. And he might get better, but tight, right now he cannot read a defense and spirals. make adjustments. Can't do it. Oh, yeah. The broadcast. The broadcast was, is like, nobody throws a spiral as tight as Josh Allen. And then they were, and then uh, every time he threw a ball to nobody, I'd just be like, look at that spiral. Yeah. So tight. So tight. But to be fair... Aaron Rodgers, the Geronimo Allison drop on the sideline with the toe touch, that was an ugly spiral. And I think that if Rodgers would have thrown a better spiral, Geronimo might have been able to catch that ball. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Rodgers was not on his was not no. on his A game. There was no flow he to the offense. He hasn't really been on his A game since one half. I, I guess he was like decent against the Vikings. I think there were a lot of reasons for him to be grumpy after the, after the game. And I think one of those reasons was that he didn't himself play well, although I don't think he really said that outright i don't know they should have scored 45 points in that game and the fact that they didn't is a problem yeah yeah i mean i guess if you're gonna if you're gonna underperform you might as well underperform against the bills while your defense gets its first shutout in almost a decade yeah so that's good. not almost a decade i don't 2010 think. Yeah, it's almost a oh my god i'm getting old <laughs> 2010 oh so the super bowl year wait they can't be right 2010 against the jets nine nothing that that's that right ugly game oh god yep. very ugly game yep uh the top two defenses in the league that year were you guys at uh, Tom and Jerry's on Sunday? Mm-hmm. Three brats. Brats were plentiful. Three brat count. Three brats. All right. Felt good. I biked there. So I biked home and like biked off the brats. There you go. Uh, how about for you? Three as well? No, just, just two. Let's uh, look Wimpy. forward though. Are we, are we predicting how many brats we're going to have Sunday? <laughs> no, no. no I'm talking about the Lions. Um, all right. Packers, Lions, one in three Lions. They don't look great either. Um, they look all over the place. Sometimes they look decent. Sometimes they look bad. But they do pose more of a threat than the Buffalo Bills do. What we were just talking about in downfield threats and testing the secondary. most definitely. Yeah. Is Kenny Galladay healthy? 
Kenny Galladay, I think, is healthy. Yeah, I think he's, so. He's good. I'm going to be excited to watch him versus our young corners because I think there's a lot of talent. And our old corner. That. Yeah, <laughs> and our old corner. But I like watching the young guys more than the old guys. What's your prediction? Uh, I mean, I'm predicting that the offense is going to be a little bit more rhythmic, I think. If, if, they're, if we're really going to send that message in the media, I think there's going to be some nice meetings that may have already happened between uh, Rodgers and McCarthy saying, you know, some, some harsh things to say about what they need to go into Sunday with. Division um, games are always tough to predict, and Patricia, this will be his first time uh, coaching against the Packers. But, I mean, this is a team in the Lions that lost against what we now know is a pretty bad Jets offense. They gave up 48 points to them. Yeah, and, and through five interceptions? Well, that was, a, that a was Stafford played a horrible game. They knew the plays. I thought that was yeah, the weirdest yeah. they thing said about that. They knew that. the plays. I one thing I would say is that is that I think this will be a big game where Aaron Jones will probably have may well have over a hundred yards. Yeah, the Lions do rank, I believe, worst even in on run, twelve carries. in run defense so far this year, giving up the most yards. Yes, yeah, they're last in the league, over six hundred yards rushing, I believe, surrendered so far out of four games. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of yards. Yeah. So I think this will be a good game for the running offense. We'll see if uh, that might actually open up some play action possibilities and whatnot for Rodgers and kind of have a more functional offense. Darius Slay presumably covering Adams, so he probably shouldn't be as open as he was against the Bills. Anything else of note? Carry on Johnson, their first real running back. and Yeah, carry on's legit. Yeah. I think one thing that the Packers, one thing I've, not been impressed with the Packers is inside linebacker and the outside linebacker. Honestly, the whole the whole middle of the of the the front is not impressing me much at all. Yeah, and I don't know what they're going to do about that. All right, the Packers are road favorites by a point and a half. By a point and a half, seems low. Well, I guess not for the road. I guess. Eh. Yeah. I guess uh, the the uninspired also the, I feel like Washington. in the first game of the year the Lions have had the Packers number like a bunch of these years. I don't know. I mean, I think the Packers. I just think the Packers are a better team on both sides of the ball. I think that Detroit has a better receiving core and maybe a better running back. But I, I think the Packers are significantly better on defense, probably about par on offense. I don't see them losing this game. But I don't know. What do you guys see? I don't see them losing. I like Rodgers. I like Rodgers indoors. Uh, I like Matthew Stafford to make one or two just... Inexplicable mistakes. Inexplicable mistakes, exactly. I like Aaron Jones indoors. Uh, yeah, and I like the Packers' ability to capitalize on those mistakes now that they've got some playmaking uh, ball hawks. So I would, I would take them to cover that point and a half on the road. Packers 33, Lions 24. That's a... Oddly specific line, but yeah, the, I mean, I, 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 on that number, on that note, I think uh, taking the over, the over, I think is the total set at fifty and a half, and I, I could see this being a shutout quite e or shootout quite easily. Yeah, I certainly can. All right, anything else we need to uh, hit before we before we get out? I don't know if you have the APC pick'em update ready to go. I sure do. I did not forget to get in my picks for the pick'em, despite. The fact that I was gone and very unplugged and had no idea that Eric Reed even signed with the team, but I got my picks in. I, I'm sure that I, mean I didn't that get I'm my Thursday night better. pick in. I didn't get. Oh, I think I missed a Thursday night game. We are bad at this. All right, let's take a look at the standings. 
the APC podcast listener pick'em league coming in in first place. Nicholas Price, Aaron is in second, Nick Varley is in third, Glenn Hintz in fourth, Matthew Cook is in fifth, Lauren's down at sixth place. Kind of some similar names kind of floating around there in the top. I believe that I am now leading the podcast up in 17th place. Ben Foldy, you dropped the 24th, and Alex Patakis, where are you? <laughs> you stayed put at keep scrolling. 33rd place overall but you got your picks in while you're in peru so no bonus points for that but i'll give you a cookie after the show thank you um the nfl's been weird man it's been very strange it's been hard to i'm not making excuses i'm I'm just saying um i don't know who had the 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 bills beating the vikings and then people thought the dolphins were actually going to beat the patriots in new england and then the patriots are back and then next week they won't be it's just weird man i picked the patriots in that game it's just like that game i just knew just like this is a game where everyone thinks maybe this is this is the the time that the Dolphins turn it around. And that was like, uh, yeah, make a statement. No, no, no. This, is, this is exactly how this movie has played out before. They just get trounced. Yeah, yeah that's been the AFC East for almost our entire lives. Yep. Basically, is how that that whole thing has gone. And then you look at the other two teams in that division, the Jets and Bills. There's there's no one threatening. The, the, the Patriots thing. can stumble. You know, they can go nine and seven and probably win that division, and then just. Turn it on in the playoffs. As I believe Justice Mosqueda has has pointed out before, um, the two best quarterbacks uh, in that division in the last decade were both Patriots. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, yeah. If you can, uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at all of our names at Alex Patex, at Ben Foldy at Zach Rapport and at the APC Pod, and you can email us at the APC Podcast at Gmail. Com. Thanks to Chad Bernhardt for engineering the show and sitting through some some Packers talk, which uh, some blather, some 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 blabbering. He's still, about. he's still awake back there. Um, <laughs> and uh, and thanks to uh, to you guys for being awesome and keeping me informed because uh, I had no idea about half the things that you brought up during this this show. Uh, we'll see you next week with uh, a more organized and energized version of the ABC podcast. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.